Hi, this is the Applied Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Broman from Legally Wise Women. This podcast is about how the challenges in our lives often create our biggest transformations. And it's about taking the support, power and skill that we learn from the legal aspects of those challenges to become legally wise. In this episode, I speak with Rosalind Rourke, who has worked in mental health and trauma therapy as a psychotherapist for years and is also a student of A Course in Miracles, but for decades. And she's just written a really influential book called When Wisdom Arrives, From Imagined Unworthiness to Freedom. So sit back and learn from the wisdom of Rosalind Rourke. Welcome to the podcast, Rosalind. How are you? I'm just great. I'm especially great to be meeting you and to talk with you and your audience about this uh, heartfelt experience I had writing this book. Oh, it's such a pleasure. And um, I first heard you, I think, talking on another podcast I listened to um, for A Course in Miracles. And I don't often talk to people about my spirituality and, um, you know, the podcast is certainly more about helping people through challenges, but a lot of us have a faith and a spiritual part of us, which we draw on. And, and yet you're also a student of A Course in Miracles, I understand. And the book that you have written, I was just saying, comes from such a psychological point of view that anyone could pick it up from any walk of life and not find any of the spiritual stuff hard. Yeah. And that's when you said that I knew that we had to start recording because this is the juice, uh, probably 50% of why I wrote the book mm-hmm. was um, Course in Miracles. You mentioned it is both progressive, meaning uh, we get things a little bit at a time, and it, because it talks to to us as though we're separate people, and yet it says our only problem is a belief in separation from the oneness, from spirit. But non-duality, which I got exposed to in 1995, but didn't really understand until my daughter passed away Mm -hmm. but in teaching non-duality we'll get back to her passing away and how that affected the book and so on but I meet so many people in the non-dual world who glaze over it's almost as though there's a hypnosis that they can't understand something that's not two, meaning you and spirit are not two, you and God, you and the universe, you and the ultimate, you and nature, you and life. It's almost as though people can't conceive of it. And the typical words seem to be a jargon that leave people further and further away. And the Course in Miracles as well, you have to be committed person to translate. It's almost as though it's written in Japanese because the words mean different things from their typical Christian meaning. And so it's only a smaller and smaller segment 
of people that can get the the gifts mm. and and you don't need to participate in jargon or be in the path or sign up to be able to receive the gifts and that's why i wrote the book purposely with no jargon there isn't a spiritual word in the book and yet the psychological experience you got it completely of suffering of feeling like you're not good enough is the spiritual wound even if we don't name it that your spirit is hurting right i mean and and most people are taught unworthiness inadvertently by the culture because we're taught to do better try harder fix ourselves as though we wouldn't ordinarily out of the passion for life do these things and there actually is nothing wrong with us. And the little girl finds her what she calls okayness, which is something that we can all relate to, right? Oh, so much so, so much. And the tug of war was what I related to so much. The, the looping of the thought, which creates this tug of war that we just can't let go of. And yet we're creating our own suffering by tugging on this thing, which we could just let go. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you're right. We believe we can't let go when we're in the loops. We feel like there's no choice. I thought it, so it must be true. So that line from the, the book, if thoughts and feelings were truth, they would be called facts. Uh, that's kind of when we realize that we're halfway there because then we can allow the thought to just have happened rather than the thoughts are true. So we have to judge them or we have to judge ourselves or we have to judge what's happening or we have to judge our feelings. And if they're just part of life, you know, thoughts can happen from our ancestors. They can be contagious from the person you just visited. I mean, we don't need to own them as being us. Mm. And the little girl speaks for all of us when she kind of fights with the wisdom character and says, what? I don't, I don't get it. That's not a gift, you know, and I, I, it was such a pleasure to write for all of us uh, on, in how, we don't just get it. We struggle first, like we've been taught to believe our thoughts and we taught to believe we are our beliefs. So what? You're going to take that away? Like now where am I? Like I'm drowning, but no, you're not drowning. And here's, if you would let go of the rope, that next minute, you have a new opportunity. Mm. It's a new moment. And that's miraculous. That's, that's an instant direct path to healing without using the words healing, without using the word spirit. You, you got the essence of my book really way better than people who've been steeped really deeply in this material. You, you just, I'm, I'm impressed. 
Oh, thank you. I've been thinking about um, how A Course in Miracles might not have even been possible if we hadn't had the progress that we'd had in psychology with Freud and a couple of the others back in the 40s and 50s anyway, because we wouldn't have had the concept of projection and um, the ego and different parts of ourselves even to be able to think spiritually that way, let alone psycho psychologically. But yeah. um, that beautiful moment in the book where um, the little girl character, Jem, um, realises that, as you said, she struggles initially that thoughts aren't true, but then she realises, well, my imagination is all made up, so why aren't my thoughts just like that as well? And, yeah, it was really beautiful that, um, you know, she, she had this realisation and then she also realises you know, wow, if I don't have to believe what I'm thinking, then I have a chance to change what I think, <laughs> which which is empowering. Yes. And then she 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 asks wisdom, don't I have to fix my thoughts? Mm. And wisdom says no. And what she does to teach her that there's a new opportunity, but it's not it's even beyond thought transformation because that's work that's positive yes. thinking that's you know all kinds of psychological techniques but it's work it's exhausting mm -hmm. and it's constant it's mindset strategies every morning you got to redo and um wisdom gives her a couple of experiences and she plays games with her to take her out of the loops into what appears as nothingness. I mean, she plays games with her, like one is on the computer, mm. but it takes her away from the loops. So she has the experience of okayness. Where were those thoughts? Where'd they go? You feel okay, how? You didn't do anything. You just worry yourself that our beingness could be okay without a fix is it's brain surgery for all of us like it, we weren't even given that as a choice as children you know that you could be okay just as you are and that okay isn't a negative or like oh okay it's actually everything it's actually everything you've been looking for in fixing yourself right like mm. you've just been looking to be okay so she she really changes the meaning of okay mm. and then the other game she plays with her so once she's playing games with other children and she forgets all about her preoccupations so we're not taught to ever notice the spaces between our thoughts or the gap as some people call it. And then the other big game she plays that we can all play right now is that Jackie, when you were five, you had different thoughts, right? And different behaviors, different feelings, different experiences. And when you were 10, all of us, we can play along. When we were 10, we had different thoughts, different actions, different preferences, 
different enjoyments, different worries. And we can take that all the way through our lives to 15 and 25 and 30. And if you're older, 50 or 60. And the thoughts were different. The feelings were different. The experiences were different. But there's something, something that's been continuous. That is you. And that is not your thought and it's not your feeling. So what is it? And we don't have to name it. The gift is to own that knowing that it's an energy. It, that's where we match quantum physics. Quantum physics says we're energy. Mm -hmm. The Course in Miracles says you're actually not a separate person. That's the illusion. Well, it does, that's hard stuff to get. It, you know, huh? I feel I can feel myself. I see you, my mm. senses. But this is our access point, or could be. There is something continuous that is the real me, and it's not about worthiness. It's not about accomplishments. It's not about what I got or what I did. Ah, what a relief. And that's where the little girl then knows that that's her new home, that's her alkanus, that she can come back to that because it doesn't require any fixing or doing. It's just a memory of something that's not changeable. It's always there. Yeah, it's beautiful. I am... Um... I, I I almost worry about Jim, the poor little girl who's had this realization. And yet then I think about her over the next five, 10, 20 years of her life or and longer. And I think how often is she going to forget what she's just learnt with the wisdom character and keep having to relearn it over and over again? Um because it seems to be my own struggle, if you can call it that, is just to keep remembering exactly what you've said. Because I keep coming back to there must be some kind of work to do. Like there's some kind of striving. There's something I need to be doing to change because I'm not worthy and I need to be doing something to make myself better. But as you say, like the key is that the okayness is unconditional. And in fact, if you just, again, let go of that rope that you're tugging on, it can just flow and be easy. And I cannot, like intellectually, I can understand it. And every now and then I can feel it, but it's just not, um, it's not easy to sit with. Well, I was going to say natural, but it, there's nothing more natural, is there, about than that? Well, the one step that uh, wisdom asks Jem to take, I would ask you to take with it is and, and and our listeners is to notice the difference between practical thoughts and hurtful thoughts mm. and if you were really clear that this fixing idea of yourself is a conditioned belief and it's hurtful mm. if you get really clear so that's what Jem had to do. She, oh, that's the only work. And that really might be the only work 
it fits with the course in the sense that the course says there's only one problem and that's the belief in separation. Mm. When you think you need to fix yourself, that is the most profound belief in separation. Mm. And when we go to that exercise and that that memory, so maybe even keeping that illustration of that page mm -hmm. where the illustrator shows all the different stages. It's a gorgeous illustration, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Where he, he signifies the playing with the play kitchen at one stage and another stage, mm -hmm. uh, Jem is riding a bike. And, and if we, if we're willing using a, a, a course word, if we're willing to just notice, is that hurtful or not? Take your most painful experience. For me, it was my daughter dying. Mm. And that has been the gift that keeps on giving. Would I prefer it? Of course not. But I don't go to would I prefer it. That would be a hurtful thought. Mm. But going to that profound suffering, when I have a choice so I have a choice always in reminiscing. Now, there are people who believe that memories are valuable in grief. They will say, oh, you have your memories. It's not been my experience that memories are helpful. Yes, I feel that way. And in grief, we have a distorted belief sometimes that hurting is a good thing. That that means we love the person mm. and we deserve to hurt if we love them. And so we're ready to hurt. But if you throw all that out, that that makes no sense. It's been just taught from one generation to the other. How does it serve the honor of the other person who passed that you're suffering? Like that makes no sense. Mm. So every time... I consider, because I get the thought, thoughts don't hurt. It's your belief in them. It's the power you give them when you add on. Mm. So when I consider going back to what did we do Thanksgiving in 2018, that was the best trip of our lives, the last trip with Melissa, mm. that could, if I didn't understand that could sound like a neutral thought. But I have found that nostalgia starts pleasant, sweet. It feels so good to think of that trip. And then it always, 100% ends in daggers because I can no longer have a trip like that with her. So the, the thought will come to me. Of course, it's going to come to me. How did we do Christmas with her? The, the customs, the whatever. That's not going to hurt me. But I need to notice that if I add to it, I'm going down the cesspool. Mm. I, it hurt too badly. This is too precious. And I almost called Jem precious before somebody reminded me there was a movie about a precious and I did I want to be connected to that movie and it was like no so we renamed her 
But if you and your listeners would take the notice of what hurts you, maybe not the first round of it, but adding to it, where does it go? It's not hard to figure out. Mm-hmm. I bet you know exactly what subjects hurt you when you when you start in. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, because it's only a few for each of us. To this day, I don't allow myself subjects that are related to watching weight, being slim, even things like healthy. That's a cover for fixing that thinner is better. Uh, For your readers who um, don't know my story, I was a compulsive eater. I was an obese child. And it went back three generations of mothers who judged their daughters for weight. And I I exhibited all three. I judged my daughter. Thank God that got resolved before she died. But I was the hurt child. And I was the wisdom character because I had all this psychological training. And I always knew better than to say anything judgmental. But it was enough to think it. She knew what I was thinking. So there are no private thoughts. We've been taught, and it seems true. But so in everyday practical life, this is a practical book. Mm -hmm. This is practical psychology. It's practical spirituality. You don't need to join anything, read any spiritual books. You don't need to believe in God. You don't need to believe in anything but living. Mm -hmm. And if you will feel be interested in your life being precious, then you will be interested in what hurts and what doesn't hurt. And that's the only work, if you will. But it's easy work because you put your hand in a fire and get burned most of us don't return to the fire with our hand. We, we get the glove, we get the whatever. It's too hot, the pan's too hot. So if you're returning, you or your listener, to a subject, it only means you haven't finished with it enough to be clear it's hurtful. So when I say, I don't go to those subjects on weight, just because there's too much history, I don't want to go back to that pain. I don't allow myself to look in the mirror to see how a skirt is fitting. I've long ago give up, given up scales and, and interest in diet books and health things, but it can be more and more subtle. Mm-hmm. And that's the fun of it, seeing where are the subplots? Who would think that looking in the mirror, getting dressed would be dangerous? Mm-hmm. But it's not dangerous to look in the mirror. But if I add on, how am I doing? Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's really the answer to some kind of imagined unworthiness has crept in. It could be from a slight that I imagine somebody got something on their book that I didn't get could be the silliest little big thing or small thing. It doesn't even matter. 
just to notice. That's all we need. We don't need to interpret it. We don't need to analyze it. We don't even need to understand it, except is it hurtful or not? Mm -hmm. And let's say I didn't notice or understand that looking in the mirror and seeing how does that skirt fit? Is it now too tight? If let's say I didn't notice, worse things would happen. I'll have another thought and then I'll add to that. Mm -hmm. And then I can backtrack and say, oh, look, it started with the mirror. Then it went to judging the food I ate yesterday. And now I'm feeling like crap. Oh, okay. Now we have a new moment. I let go of the rope. Mm. It, it's all that simple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When, when wisdom says, what if somebody at school says they don't like you? She answers, they hadn't found their okayness yet. And there was one more secret at the end of the book. And she says, I could remember all that pain, but that's why you came here, right, Wisdom? You taught me, came here to teach me not to go back to that. Mm. And we are tempted to check on the pain. Mm. How's my own? worthiness how my how's the weight how's the whatever your subject is and that's that's something i would notice that question is trouble you don't need to go back to it yeah why do we like particularly when we're in something big at the time as you say like when you were grieving your daughter um, when someone's going through a, you know, a separation from a, a spouse or, um, you know, even grieving a parent, uh, why do we continually go back and actually poke that pain and suffering? What is it about us that just wants to do that? I think we've been conditioned to, to believe our thoughts and our feelings yeah. and to treat them as God and to fix them. What yeah. in our training ever taught us not to, that thoughts and feelings are not powerful in themselves. They're just energy coming through and we don't even need to own them as ours. Um, today, when I was teaching, I offered the group an exercise, which I'll offer you and your readers. Nice. What if instead of saying my thoughts, my beliefs, my feelings, what if we call them anger happened? Thought, the thought of Melissa happened. Hurtful thoughts happened. It gives us a little bit of distance. I don't teach Jim why it works to not add on, hmm. but I will share it with you. It works not to add on because it separates us from the thoughts and feelings and the belief that they are us. That is what we've been taught. Mm. Change your attitude. We've been, we hear that message. Yeah. Um, change your thoughts, make them positive. Mm. You're so negative. We, you know, we, we hear these things and we've all been taught to fix ourselves. So why wouldn't we go back and be good students of our teaching? We all had different parenting, but 
I would venture to say none of us have been taught that we that thoughts and feelings are nothing unless we empower them with the next. That's not anything in Australia or US or anything anybody's been taught that I know. Right. So it's new. And nor have we been taught that we are fundamentally okay yeah. or that life can flow and be easy without having to interfere and create that suffering. And I think we get a little stuck when we um, when we put out there that life can be easy. Mm. It could be easier, mm -hmm. but stuff happens. Mm. And we're supposed to be feeling resonant people. Things happen. The world is made up of... Uh, of polarities, good things and bad things, hard things and easy, flow and ease. And nobody's immune from the tough stuff. And we're supposed to feel it and respond. We're responders. We're, we're made that way. There's, But it's not a problem unless we do tug of war and loop. We feel what we feel. And so we allow that we respect feelings and we respect thoughts, but we don't need to empower them. And, and so there is a certain fate like weather. You know, we have preference to certain things. Most of us like sunshine better than a, than a, a, a storm or a hurricane that seems to destroy things. But they're all part of the weather and we can't have all sunshine. It's just not possible. What's hurtful is believing we caused the, the what we call the bad stuff. Mm. So notice what we're considering, we're judging as the bad stuff. It's just stuff. It's our interpretation and the story we make up about what happened, whether it's cancer or your husband walking out on you or your wife doing drugs or you have no money or you've been a woman that has not been taught empowerment and so she's in an abusive relationship. It doesn't matter the subject. What is the story you're telling about the subject? Uh, a woman was going into a fusion uh, back surgery and I know all the room wanted me to pray for a good outcome they said in your in your own words could you say something about my surgery and what I wanted to bless her with was the ability to be with what is without the tug of war because no matter the outcome it's going to be easier if she doesn't fight. So let's talk about the stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Acceptance doesn't come from those other stages. Mm. The other stages are a tug of war with what happened. Mm -hmm. Let's take that in. Depression, it, it, if I'd have said this, 
Why did it happen to me? Bad things always happen to me. What did I do? If only, those are some of the thoughts. Bargaining, well, if I'd only, or if they'd only, or if she'd only, or if, right? Or if I did this, could you make it easier? Or just some kind of struggle. And anger, why did this happen? It shouldn't have happened. And you can add to the stories. It's all the things that happened to me that made me do it, you know, whatever the story. But it's a fight with what is. There was a philosopher. I don't even know if I believe in all of his words. I haven't studied him, but Nietzsche is famous. And he said, falling in love with your fate. And that sounds, you know, all of us want to believe everything's free choice. But if you had a daughter that died and it's your second surgery to fuse your back, you start to believe in things that are not of your control. And I noticed in your podcast, you you bring that up to your other hosts who promote free choice and make it happen and manifestation I think that's there's a lot of ego in that. Falling in love with your fate is openness, it's humbleness, it's surrender. But it's not surrender as two, like you and me or you and God. It's the oneness of what happened. And then there's a new moment. There's a new moment if I don't fight with Melissa died. Hmm. my life is bigger it's exciting does that mean I don't wish she didn't die I don't go to that kind of wish it hurt it would be hurtful but I I still feel that taboo that I need to show you I suffer hmm. and then you all think I'm a good mother that's crazy that's crazy that's insane so we all have to look at our condition conditioning and stand up we don't have to but it's our vehicle for freedom to say what have i been taught not why do we do this because you'll never get enough answers to why but just that you've been taught to fix your mind fix yourself and that's insanity and we teach it to the next generation, but we can stop. And when another woman, particularly women, mm. says something hurtful about their bodies, instead of joining, we could say, ouch, we don't need to, to teach them, you know, like, um, that's, you know, we, we could take a stand or do something to put a marker in there. I, I really feel that that changed things when I had that moment and said, I'm not going to stand for this. I, could I, there was that moment when I was shaken and I knew that I was okay. I hadn't written the book yet. I knew I was okay. And the next thought was, can I admit that to anyone? And it was like, I have to. I don't know how I'll do it. 
I don't know what it looks like, but I refuse to stand up for more hurting is honors, Melissa. I, just, I can't, I don't know how, I won't. Um, and I think we all have opportunities with all of our beliefs. They don't need to be as big as a death. Hmm. It could be on any subject to take our stand. And we don't need to preach. We don't need to give talks. Hmm. We don't need to write a book. But we do need to take that stand for that realization. You use the right word. Realization is more than an insight. Insight can be at the mind. Oh, look, I'm joining uh, a hurtful thought. That can be an insight. I see myself, but I'm doing it anyway. But a realization is, ouch, I'm not putting my hand back on that stove without a glove. Mm -hmm. I'm, 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 you know, that's a realization that would stay with you. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to stay with Jem because her hurt went back generations like mine did. And she's so done with people acting like they have to lose weight when it's the Nazis in the street. That's the problem. Those woke her up mm -hmm. to her mother, to herself, and to taking a stand. That little girl took a bigger stand than most of us. Like, I'm not going to do that with my children. I'm not. It hurts too much. I think it takes to making that connection between thoughts and feelings that hurt and that were not the thoughts and feelings. They are happening. They are energy that's passing through us, just like what quantum physics says we are. So it's not as way out there anymore to say those things. Mm -hmm. You know, science is backing us up, not our parenting. It hasn't gotten to the everyday person. But if it's gotten to you, the reader, then maybe you're the messenger. Maybe, I mean, your podcast host, Jackie, has gotten the book deeper than people that have been with me for three years. Because I had some had someone say, I want to give this to my daughter, but I want to, what did she say? Um, I'm afraid she'll think it's too immature. Well, she didn't know how to say how the book helped her in my teachings. Mm. Right? She didn't know how to say what you said. Mm. And so... You know, we don't need to be on the meditation cushion for hours to get this. That's all been taught to us. We need a, a longer spiritual practice or a better spiritual practice or more time in meditation. Mm -hmm. Nothing needs to change mm -hmm. except hurting ourselves some more with our minds. Mm -hmm. Well, Roslyn, you are my wisdom character in my story. So I wanted to thank you and acknowledge that. Um, it's certainly deepened my learnings and, and certainly just so much clarity in the simplicity. Um, it's just beautiful. So if others also want to get your book or, um, you know, find out more about you, work with you and have you as a wisdom character in their lives as well, where can they, where can they find you? Uh, at rosalynrourke.com, that would be R-O-S-A-L-Y-N, 
Rourke, R-O-U-R-K-E.com. And the book, uh, When Wisdom Arrives, From Imagined Unworthiness to Freedom, is available at Amazon or any of your bookstores. Yeah, thank you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I love being with you anytime. I hope you really enjoyed that episode with Rosalind Rourke. It sounded a little bit like a uh, counselling or coaching session for me, I know, because I learned so much from her. So here are some takeaways from me. Living in flow rather than pushing our individual perspective. That we are okay and our okayness is not conditional, it just is. That our vehicle for freedom is dropping the tug of war. And that's not work. It's not about replacing or changing or uh, rewiring. um, And it's not about finding answers. It just is dropping the tug of war rope. Also, I guess the only work then is to be aware. So we have to distance ourselves from our thoughts. We name, name our emotion. We name our thought. And then we notice whether it is a practical thought, which is fine to move ahead with, or a harmful thought, in which case we notice it, we let it go. We don't try and replace it. We don't judge ourselves for it. Tough stuff happens in our lives and it's not a problem unless we are in the tug of war. Yes, we feel the toughness and we have emotion, but we don't have to keep remembering the pain and suffering over and over again. And the final point was to be interested in your life being precious, which is just beautiful. So if you want more wisdom in your life, consider joining Legally Wise Women's Wisdom Suite. It is $79 a month. That's Australian. There is no ongoing commitment because I know when you're facing a legal challenge, it may last a month or two or it may last 18 months. Uh, You can drop down to a lower level, of course, after you've uh, completed or if you're having a period of time where you don't need it. In the Wisdom Suite, what do you get? Well, fortnightly Q&As with me on Zoom. You can pre-submit your questions and, or you can come along live. I record everything so there are replays available. So that's every second week having time with me as a lawyer. We do a monthly women's circle as well. So this is a chance to actually interact with other like-minded women. We also do intention setting and we bring in more of that spiritual aspect and my learnings from A Course in Miracles to that session. I also do a monthly power check-in on Zoom again for anyone who wants to come along live. So you get something every week with me. You also get skill building. I try and do two weekly short videos and also some curated information from other people that I listen to that all goes into an online portal where everything lives so you can access it all on your browser or there is an app on your phone there are also as bonuses downloadable templates in there I've done video explanations about how to use those templates most of the templates are business templates I can add more on request particularly in relation to parenting plans or anything like that You guess the get the courses I've also developed, Legal Business Basics, How to Find and Hire the Right Lawyer and How to Negotiate for What You Want. 
and you also get the video recordings of this podcast and any other exclusive workshop recordings that I may do. So I would really love to see you there. Links are in the show notes. And if you're really enjoying this podcast, please rate and review. It really helps other people to find me. Talk to you next time.